and welcome to Authors Matters by ALCS, the podcast from the Authors Licensing and Collecting Society. I'm Caroline Sanderson, and I'm an author, editor and books journalist, and yes, a member of ALCS too. ALCS is a membership organisation that collects and pays out money to writers for secondary uses of their works. It has over 100,000 members in the UK and worldwide, and has paid out over £500 million to writers since it was established in 1977. ALCS represents all types of writers, journalists, academics, radio drama writers, novelists, poets and more. If you're not already a member and want to find out more, visit the ALCS website at www.alcs.co.uk. This latest episode of Authors Matters, we're talking money. With the continued lockdown, the extra pressures that the pandemic has brought for writers' incomes do not look likely to go away anytime soon. So here at ALCS, we want to make absolutely sure that you are receiving all the earnings that you're entitled to for uses of your works and that you know where to turn in times of financial challenges. To that end, we talked to Robert Taylor at Writers Digital Payments a not-for-profit company set up to make sure that TV and online writers get properly paid. And we chat to novelist Sanjida O'Connell about how the Royal Literary Fund has been helping writers in times of need for more than 200 years and is still doing so today. We'll also bring you the usual update from ALCS on important information for members. Founded in 1790 as a benevolent organisation to assist writers who'd fallen on hard times, the history of the Royal Literary Fund reminds us that writing has always been a perilous occupation. We're joined now by Sanjida O'Connell, writer and consultant fellow for the Royal Literary Fund, or RLF for short, to tell us more about how the organisation is helping writers in the 21st century in times of need. So welcome to Authors Matters, Sanjida. Um, so since it was founded in the 18th century, the RLF has helped many writers in times of hardship, including some quite well-known names, I think. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Um, yes, you're right. Some really famous writers, um, Dylan Thomas, Edith Nesbitt, Samuel Taylor Coleridge, James Joyce, D.H. Lawrence. I mean, you know, these are writers that we revere now, and most of them were actually, you know, revered at the time. But even so, you know, they still struggled to make ends meet. Yes, and lots of names, obviously, that we perhaps don't don't recognise today. But it, it's a it's an indication, as I said, I think, in the intro of how how perilous it is. So you're you're a professional writer yourself. So tell us how you became involved with the RLF and and its work. Well, one of the other sides of the RLF is that the organisation sends fellows, writers, into universities to support students with their academic writing. So I first became involved about seven years ago, I think, and was working with students at Bristol University. And for me, it was a really wonderful balance because I was spending a couple of days a week going into Bristol University, talking to all these students and uh, learning amazing, diverse facts from piracy in Africa to um, 
you know, witches in Somerset and all their different essays. And then I'd come home and have three days working on my own writing. So it was a, a wonderful balance. And I hope I was helpful to the students that, um, that I was mentoring as well. Um, and since then, the RLF has trained me to become a consultant fellow. So I'm now able to go back into a university setting and offer workshops on academic writing to students, postgraduate students and staff. Yeah, so actually you're being supported by the RLF while you're while you're doing your, your writing. So it's another way that the RLF, I know, supports, uh, supports working writers. Yes, I mean, the thing is about being a writer is, as you know, it's a, it's a roller coaster. I mean, you could do fantastically well one year um, and then the next year, maybe you don't get a book advance or you don't get as many royalties as you did the year before. You know, it's not like getting a salary. You know, you just never, you just never know. I mean, my husband has, has said to me that I have a very strange attitude towards money because it's either feast or famine. You know, you've either got a big lump sum that's come in and you weren't quite sure it was going to happen or else you have kind of nothing. <laughs> um, so the RLF has been wonderful in providing a bit of stability for me. But obviously there's lots of writers who are in much more perilous um, positions than, than I am. And the RLF supports them with either a, a grant or a pension. Yes, well, I, obviously, we need you to tell us a bit more about those in a minute and who, who might be eligible. But um, yeah, it, 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 it's very interesting, isn't it, that the, you know, the, the big advances paid to those very, very few authors uh, that, that get them are the ones that hit the headlines. But so less often we hear about, as you say, the underlying story of, of, of feast and famine. So um, just just tell us again, thinking about you and um, how you've been affected by the sort of recent situation. And maybe are there sort of anecdotal stories, I mean, anonymized of, of stories you've heard of writers that are, uh, are really having um, a particular time of difficulty right now? I think that I've been in a very fortunate situation um but like most people i've i've been affected by the by the pandemic i didn't have um a, i didn't have a book deal last year i was homeschooling my daughter and the other thing about homeschool which people don't mention quite so much is there's no childcare. so once homeschool finishes then your childcare starts so you know it was quite difficult to get much writing done at all and as I'm sure most writers know you have to be in a zone you can't kind of just I find I personally can't find that I can do 10 minutes here or there I need to be immersed in my writing so having somebody knock on the door every two minutes and say uh, can I have a snack or can you play a game with me just didn't really didn't really work for me um and, you know, and obviously we're back now in the situation with schools being shut and um, back into into homeschool. Um, but I know that other writers have been in, um, you know, far worse situation. Most writers that I know of have had many of their events cancelled. Um, you know, if they had a book that was meant to be published last year, it was either withdrawn or they had no book launch or as you know there was all the books being published it felt like in in September in in one go and so very hard for anyone to get any publicity 
I think the other thing to think about is that because of writers' income often going up and down, most writers, you know, unless they're in the Premier League, as it were, and they're getting six-figure advances, unless they're like that, they generally have to have another stream of, of income. And for many of the writers that I know, that stream of income, whether it was, you know, freelance writing, um, that, that dried up last year. And so we're now seeing lots of writers who are earning well below the minimum wage, let alone a kind of a socially acceptable standard of living. Mm. Now, I know that the RLF, uh, along with ALCS, of course, made a substantial contribution to the Society of Authors Emergency Fund, which was launched um, during last year's lockdown. So, so tell us how else the RLF is currently able to help individual writers in need. So the ALCS, uh, Society of Authors and the Royal Literary Fund, grant the hardship grant that's a that's a specific sum of money isn't it so you can just apply for that and it's relatively straightforward to to get that money what the RLF also offers are grants or pensions that are in effect bespoke so they're tailored for an individual and they're what the individual might actually need to support them as a writer so for instance there was one writer um, I won't mention any names, but one writer who had multiple sclerosis, which meant that she couldn't really use a computer um, because her mobility was impaired and her voice activated computer was out of date and wasn't working properly. So the RLF was able to buy her a new computer, new printer and new software. Um, Another example I came across was a young playwright who was doing fantastically well. She had so many writing commissions that she left her, her job, um, but then didn't manage to get enough commissions going forward into the, into the future and enough freelance work to pay her rent. So the Royal Literary Fund gave her a grant that enabled her to pay her rent for a few months. So it's really all about what is it that you personally need as a writer in order to keep you writing? Yeah, no, that's um, that's so interesting that it can cover such a, a range of needs because, you know, as we know, people are in all kinds of difficult situations at the moment, depending on their, on their circumstances, aren't they? So um, who's eligible to apply for these grants and pensions? And how would anyone listening to this and thinking, um, you know, I, I, I could really do with seeing if, if, if I can uh, apply for that, how would they go about it? So I guess the important thing to think about is that this is about being a writer. So the grant or the pension is to validate you as a writer and support you to be a writer. It's not a one-off grant to enable you to pursue a particular project or a particular book. Um, you need to be a professional writer. So um, I know that lots of people, including myself, um, publish, self-publish, but this is about somebody who has at least two books or plays or screenplays published or performed commercially. Um, so if you, if you meet that criteria, then you basically just um, go to the RLF and ask for help. Um, 
there's an email uh, which is help at rlf.org.uk and the website rlf.org.uk and you basically say this is what I've written or had performed this is my financial situation and this is how I would like to to be helped um, and the um, the RLF will look at your finances what you require and and assess um, how much you how much you need and and then offer you and, and if you're eligible they will offer you financial support and so it's a relatively quick turnaround as well because once they've looked at your finances they've read your work uh, the board meets once a month so once they've done that they can they can get back to you straight away and say yes you're eligible and this is how much we can pay you well that's very reassuring to know that it's a quick turnaround because obviously um you know with the situation kind of ever changing it's uh, yeah that's really good to know thank you so much sanjida um so the rlf website www.rlf.org.uk and just give us that email again it's help at rlf.org.uk and just to add that um I, I talked about grants, say, for a specific item like a computer or to pay rent. But the RLF does also support writers with pensions. You know, if you're a bit older and you, for whatever reason, aren't quite managing to pay the bills, the RLF would rather you come to them sooner rather than later, you know, before you get into a terrible situation and end up maybe having to sell your house or get into debt. Oh, it's it's a sub. This is such a reassuring conversation to have, and um, you know, really, uh, we're we're very lucky to have organisations like the RLF. So, thank you so much, and and also wishing you all the best with your writing and and the childcare and the homeschool. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Come out of this. Thanks very much, Sanjida O'Connell. Since April 2015. ALCS has been making payments to audiovisual authors on behalf of the Writers' Digital Payments, or WDP, as it's sometimes known. This is a not-for-profit organisation set up to make sure that TV and online writers get properly paid. We're joined by WDP Director Robert Taylor, who will tell us more. Welcome to Authors Matters, Robert. Very nice to be here. Uh, now, tell us, just to start us off, why was there a need for WDP? So it goes back to really the development of the BBC iPlayer. And at that time, uh, writers were getting paid for things like repeats and for overseas sales of their work. But when iPlayer arrived, it was a completely new way of watching television and it didn't fit into any of the ways that writers could get paid. And various sort of things were discussed and there was a, a kind of um, consensus between the Writers Guild, the PMA, the Personal Managers Association, and the BBC, that we had to find a new way of dealing with this completely new technology. And the thing that we came up with was that we should actually try and pay writers per click. In other words, for each viewing of the programme, of one of their programmes, we should actually try and pay them a little bit of money for that. And I'd actually been involved with ALCS 
as a director uh, a few years previously. So I knew a bit about micropayments, about getting a tiny little bit of money to a writer, which you would roll up until there was enough money to, to give them, you know, to, to make it enough money for them to receive. And so all of these sort of things kind of came together and we decided that we would create WDP as a, a vehicle that would negotiate an amount of money with the BBC or other um, broadcasters and then use ALCS to actually deliver the money to the writer and WDP is in the middle between those two organisations basically. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about your own background and how you became involved. So you, you've um, you've told us about your association with ALCS, but are you a writer yourself? Yes, I I, uh, I started out off my kind of professional life as a writer, mainly writing for children on television. I wrote uh, loads of episodes of Chucklevision, and that's probably the thing that most people would uh, would recognise amongst the things I wrote. But then I had a kind of career change and uh, actually became a lawyer uh, in sort of midlife and then pursued a career kind of working in um, media law, basically. And so through that, I got involved with the Writers Guild and with ALCS, kind of trying to work for writers to protect writers' rights. And that became kind of my passion in life, really, to try and do what I could to, to make writers working lives better and more profitable. Oh, so you combine the perfect sort of background then really, um, because you've yeah. got experience of, of both sides. So so just to reiterate, so in terms of who was involved in setting up WDP, I know it was the Writers Guild, um, but you also said the- uh, The PMA, the Personal PMA, Managers yes. Association. Yeah, yes. and so, so WDP, uh, as you said, is a not-for-profit company and we have, four directors, two are nominated by the Writers Guild and two by the PMA. And it's run in a very sort of, you know, well, I wouldn't say informal, but it's kind of, we don't, we, well, we have now got finally a small office, but for years we didn't have any office premises. We just, you know, worked from home or from our other offices for other organizations we were working with. and. We have now two members of staff and they basically do the work of taking all the data from, uh, from the BBC or from ITV and sifting through it and then working with our colleagues at ALCS to make sure that the money goes to the right place. And then ALCS actually makes the payments for us as well. That's sounding more and more wonderful. Um, where exactly does the money come from for these payments? So it comes from the broadcasters, from the BBC and ITV. And WDP negotiates a lump sum to cover all of the work. And we do that on a sort of annual basis. So the advantage for the broadcasters is they know what they're going to pay. And then they give the money to us. We crunch the numbers and then uh, ALCS makes the payments. Yeah, and without going into, I guess, too much technical detail, how, how do you calculate who's owed what? Because I think this is a, I, I don't know, it's, with ALCS, it always feels like one of life's great mysteries about exactly how it's done. Yeah, and in a way, it is complicated, but in another way, it's very simple because it's based on on hits, on clicks. As you said, so yes. every time, every, so the BBC data 
is huge great files which break down into each program and how many times it's been watched on iPlayer. And we take all of that information and ALCS have a system which is based on their, the systems they use for their own distributions, which then basically works out how much each writer is going to get. Yeah, and is there, a, is there a sort of average payment amount that a writer might be able to uh, expect, or is it just completely Not dependent? Not really, no, because, you, you know, like, like we've seen over lockdown, um, there have been, the iPlayer use has gone, you know, right up into the stratosphere. So it depends on how many hits there are, and we can't predict that. We just never know what's going to come out in the report. One of the other great things about... Um, writers digital payments is we pay everyone equally the hit rate is basically the same for everyone so if your program is watched a lot on iPlayer you will get money that reflects that popularity and that means that uh, underrepresented groups of writers like children's writers and um, people who write soap operas get paid money from WDP when very often they don't get paid for other forms of royalties or residuals because they'll be on uh, what we call a buyout contract that doesn't actually give them a lot more money. But if, if they are uh, eligible for WDP payments, then they will get the same, whether or not it's a blockbuster writer or someone writing a children's programme. So in one sense, lockdown might be quite good news for writers in that in that one sense, I suppose. It, it could be, yeah, yeah. We, we have to see how things yeah. pan out. <laughs> Obviously, it's early days, isn't it? Um, and uh, what's the timing of these payments? Because um, as ALCS members, as I am, we're used to the twice yearly distributions. Did, when do these payments land and how does that work? Yeah, so we, uh, we, we make a distribution annually. Uh, it's sometimes difficult to predict when exactly it's going to be because of varying factors. Sometimes we need to clarify information that we get from the BBC and sometimes there are other issues. Obviously then we have to fit in with ALCS timing of payments as well because they've got to section the time to crunch our numbers in between doing their own work. So it is difficult to predict but we made a distribution a couple of weeks ago so it's about this time of year, basically, that we try and make the distribution sort of either in December or January for for the BBC. Well, it's always a particularly good time of year to get some money, I, I, I find. Um, yeah. And the, are the payments always made direct to writers or do they sometimes get paid through their agents? No, we, we will pay uh, the writers directly if they don't have an agent. If they have an agent, we pay the agent. Right. Okay. Yeah, and that obviously that's one of the, the things that the, the agents association is involved with this. So we use their uh, expertise to make sure that we pay the right people in the right place, because it also depends on the writer's contract. If that's been negotiated by an agent, then we will pay that the agent who negotiated the contract. Right. So that's an important point, actually, because that's slightly different from um, the, the, the standard ALCS distributions in that case. So how can writers who think they may be eligible find out more? Well, they could look at our uh, website. And if you if you are writing television programmes um, that are broadcast on the BBC or ITV, then it's worth 
looking at your contract to make sure that it includes some reference to being paid through WDP. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's the that's a crucial thing. Uh, make sure that that's in your contract, and it and if it isn't, then you know make sure that it, it, it is be. in future because that's that's how we know we can pay the the person involved. Okay, now that's very, very important advice. Um, and just finally, are there any plans to develop the remit of writers digital payments? Yeah, we are, we're sort of, uh, the, the, the way we want to develop is basically to try and cover more broadcasters. Uh, at the moment, we, we deal with payments from the BBC and ITV, and we would like to expand that to other broadcasters as well. And we're, you know, we, we, we're trying to have conversations with them because we think it's a really good way for writers to get paid. Well, that's so good to know. Thanks very much for putting us in the picture, um, Robert. And we'll, um, we'll endeavour to keep ALCS members updated through the podcast and through ALCS News on any future developments. But thanks for joining us. Good. Thank you very much. And now for our usual regular update on what's happening at ALCS and things that ALCS members need to know. And this time we're welcoming Jessica Atkinson from the Communications Department at ALCS. Hi Jess, tell us what we need to know. Hi Caroline. Uh, Well, I guess the big news at ALCS at the moment is that the first distribution of 2021 is on its way. Bravo, hurrah. (laughs) This episode's all about money, so that's exactly the right note to, uh, to continue on. Yeah, definitely. Um, Payment should reach UK members on around the 25th of March. So everyone should keep an eye out for that. Excellent. Thank you. Anything else? Uh, Well, it's really important that at this time, members are checking their accounts uh, in the members area of the website, making sure that everything there is up to date. So that's things like their bank details, addresses, the details of their works, that kind of thing. Yes, we all need to just keep on top of that, don't we? Uh, And anything else we need to know? Any dates for the diary? Yeah. The 4th of March is the last day that members can update their accounts before the distribution, and that counts for all updates, so to your works as well as your bank details. Excellent. So, so 4th of March, make sure everything's up to date, and then fingers crossed, distribution landing before the end of March. Thanks very much. Thanks, Caroline. And that's it for this episode of Authors Matters. We hope that that's given you some useful pointers at this difficult time. Uh, So we're sending all our best from ALCS and see you next time.